The DI Guys Podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. Hi, this is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mike Cogdell. And Mike, we got a special guest today, but before we start chatting with him, as always, tell us what's going on, the weather in the panhandle of Florida. Unfortunately, we don't have much weather in the Florida panhandle this week. It's a little bit hotter than I think it's supposed to be, but when you move here cold, I mean cold like from Colorado in August. You know, I already got through all the hot August weather, so I don't know what it's supposed to mean here. But I will tell you earlier in the week, actually late last week, excuse me, I keep forgetting today's just Monday. There was a hundred car pile up on 6th Avenue in Denver, Colorado that I fortunately missed because of ice and snow. Uh, and it was one of the bigger they've had in like a very long time, Chris, a hundred cars. And that snow is now gone and they've got great weather too. And I think we're looking forward to a cold front the next few days. So. I'm doing Veterans Day with my family. I always like to tell you what's going on. So we're going up to Atlanta, Georgia. Only I would take my kids to Atlanta, Georgia the day after the elections. Might be the dumbest thing I've ever done, but we'll find out. Anyway, let's get this thing rolling, Chris. Mike, I'd love for you to introduce our special guest. I'd be more than happy to introduce our special guest. Our special guest is is, is a man that I've known for, well, way longer than I should probably admit. Because we go back a very long way, and I was honored a couple, three weeks ago to to present or at least introduce the Harold Peterson Lifetime Achievement Award for the IDIS Society. And that would be not only your dear friend, but mine, Reed Schnichter. And so, Reed, I'd like to say again, congratulations. It's an honor to get the Harold Peterson Award. It shows that you've been around, one, a really long time, and two, is uh, you've done pretty well in the individual disability arena. So... With no further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Reed Schnichter. Thanks, Mike. I, uh, uh, you know, when, whenever you are blessed to have uh, received an award that has lifetime achievement on it and it has Harold Peterson's name on it, it's a, it's a very cool uh, award that I was not expecting. But I believe the lifetime achievement basically is telling me that I am officially old. And no, I don't uh, think so. No, but I was very honored to get the award, and, and it was funny how I do appreciate you uh, doing the introduction for me because, as I mentioned to you, my wife of 25 years, I said, hey, I would like you to introduce me for this award. And she said, no chance. She said, I suggest you look at the roster. And I said, okay, well, there's my buddy, Mike Cogdo. And uh, I, uh, I greatly appreciate the, uh, made it all, spe- made it much more special. And uh, and I could not be happier. And, um, and I got a lot of nice accolades from people in the industry that I haven't heard from in years. So that was um, very humbling. Well, read job well done. Let's step back for a minute and just quickly, if you if you would, a little history on you know what Reach Nickter Plus Group Texas, where you got started. It doesn't have to be a six hour dissertation. Only I do those, um, and just kind of how you ended up into this business, why you're here, and why you'll probably stay until you know what you put a toe tag on, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> until I'm straight out, yeah. Um. <laughs> But uh, well, you know, it's 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 interesting because uh, I I started out in this in this world as a college agent with Northwestern Mutual in Akron, Ohio, and because uh, I was going to Kent State at the time, and 
the primary reason I was interested in being a college agent with Northwestern Mutual was they gave you free pizza and beer on uh, on Friday afternoons. That was, uh, you know, pretty awesome. And so I went ahead and became a college agent. The interesting thing about it was I was horribly, horribly unsuccessful, but they had a disability income product back in the day. And I kind of latched on to that because nobody else was really paying attention to disability. Everybody was trying to sell whole life insurance. So I kind of latched on to the disability side of things. And, and after a couple of employment opportunities down here in Dallas, where I, I came in 1980 after graduating in 79, I was approached by a, a headhunter organization that had placed me in, in, in a prior job. And they said, Hey, you know, you've got this insurance background and, and, uh, we have this opportunity with a company called Provident Life and Accident for you to be a, a disability income consultant. And I said, no, no, thanks. I'm totally unsuccessful in, in, the, in the financial services world. And uh, but then they said, but it does have a salary and it does have an expense account. And if you hang in there for a couple of years, you can get a company car. So I was hook, line and sinker at that point. So that was 1981 when I joined Provident. And uh, worked for Provident for a few years. Got recruited away from one of my best producers that um, that taught me a lot of life lessons. He was a top of the table producer, and uh, worked for him for about three and a half years. I learned more than I ever imagined in terms of, of what to do right in the business, and also a lot of lessons on, on on what not to do. So I've had my own little brokerage organization since uh, 1986, and uh, have grown it from you know being the chief bottle washer, the mailboy, everything. Uh, on my own to, um, we now have, uh, 10 people in our organization. So it's, it's been a fun run and it's, it's hard to believe that, uh, it's actually been 36 years that I've had my own uh, practice. Wait, let me ask you, and thank you for that. Let me ask you an easy question. Do you ever get tired of it or do you still like maintain that high level of enthusiasm about something that most people, and y'all know me really well, but that most people just don't understand or even care about. Do you still wake up every day and go, you know what? I got a lot of work left to do because there's just an awful lot of people that don't even know what I do for a living. Yeah. I mean, abs absolutely. I mean, I, I mentioned to you and Chris before we started this conversation that I was at the crack of dawn this morning, you know, because my dog wanted to go out, you know, if, if it's Monday morning or Friday morning, it doesn't make any difference because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go to work. You know, the, the COVID thing, you know, with the isolation and the, the poor, customer service that kind of has, has started taking place out there because there's nobody working. It just, it, it makes our job more and more valuable. We can be more things to people than we've ever been before. And we're truly helping people out. And I guess when you've been in, the, in business this long and you've had as many, as much business on the books and you start having claims, um, then you really realize why you started doing this business in the first place. Reed, do you wonder why more people, because if you take Chris, myself, and yourself, you know, we're in the hundreds of years almost, if you combine it all, of disability sales. And it's pretty much like a big hunk of our lives is all we've ever done. Why, if you could in sum it up in a couple of minutes, what would you say is the reason most people will forget agents, financial planners, AUMs, life insurance sales? Most people, do not even have the discussion with their clients or potential clients about income protection. What do you think the main reason is? You know, insurance isn't sexy. I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, you know, what are, what are you telling people at a cocktail party when they ask you what you do for a living? You know, I mean, 
people that are in the in the insurance business say they're financial planners or they're they're doing assets under management. That's the cool thing. You know, one thing, you know, kind of a bad rap, but it's, it's kind of a legit rap that uh, disability insurance has always gotten is it's a very difficult product to underwrite. It's not easy. You know, there's so many people out there that really don't know anything about their, their, their client's health. I mean, they kind of know what their financial situation is, but they really don't want to know what their health is and they really don't want to ask what their health is. So, you know, I just think people avoid it because they're not comfortable with it. Um, you know, and then you go and ask somebody to, to go out and get a couple of years worth of tax returns. And you talk about the uncomfort level. I mean, you know, people are afraid to do that. And I just think it's complicated. And, you know, we do, you know, we handle that for people now. I mean, we're, we're involved as much as we need to be, um, providing value added and each person's a little bit different. And that was my next question real quick that you just actually led yourself into. So you're a proponent, kind of like Chris and I here, and I'll let Chris ask a couple of questions here in a second, that if you're not going to sell this product, find somebody that can. And you can get past the trust factors and you can get past everything because at the end of the day, if you've got 500 clients and you've never asked any, you still got 500 clients that don't have it. So would you agree that you should find somebody if you're not going to sell it yourself? There are people out there, they could contact you and you could hook them up and marry them to somebody else that they can be, as Chris and I like to refer to it, as their broker broker. I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, there is so much opportunity out there for, for, for both of those people involved, whether it's the, the person that's going to work with, with the client base. It's just gaining that trust, you know, and, you know, a lot of times if people are, you know, have a lot of assets under management or whatnot, they, they don't want to jeopardize that relationship that they've had with their client with something that goes wrong from an underwriting perspective. But if you can get the, a good person to work with that is going to teach your, your, take care of your clients like they would, you take care of them, then, you know, it's, it's just hard to find that person, but you're exactly right. There's great opportunity for that broker's broker. So in the world of, you've been in Texas for what year did you move there? 1980. And so in that amount of time, without, without going deep, can you remember how much business you wrote in your very first year? <laughs> you mean how much I didn't write? Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, Reed, it's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, it was writing very, very little business, you know, back then. And then like anything else, it's kind of like a little groundswell and you start doing more business and more business. And, you know, but what's amazing and granted, you know, I have reached that, that, that Medicare age, but, um, it's amazing how many people I still have relationships with that I've been doing business with for over 30 years. So it's, it's a gratifying business. You get to work with people and, and then ultimately their, their clients age out. And, um, uh, as, as we all do, but, um, you know, there's, there's some second generation stuff there now too, which is, which is pretty cool. You know, have a chance to educate their second generation and, uh, Show them what their 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 parent did uh, before, and doesn't just doesn't that just make it a lot of fun? Oh yeah, I mean it's a great business. It's a very fun business. I mean it's you know I got my buddies now that are like, hey look, we got a golf trip here, we got a golf trip there, and I'm saying, well you know I can make a couple of those, but I I, I may have to work a little bit. You know they're a little bit uh, despondent based upon the fact that I'm still working and that I still enjoy it. I guess because there's a lot of people that retired because. They wanted to retire. They didn't really care too much for what they're doing. And, you know, if I, if I retire, 
I'll probably get old rather quickly. Well, that's what I've always said, and I agree with you. People that say I can't wait to retire obviously don't like what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's about as simple as that. And, and I think that I'm fortunate, one, to know both Chris, yourself, and so many others in this industry. That I mean, I do. I wake up every freaking day, and I'm ready to and I'm ready to go to work. You know, I get to mess around a lot, like everybody, and so do you. But I really, really, you know, this job can just go forever. And I think it, I think it keeps you young at heart. And I also think it keeps you, uh, the, the brain going because you still got to work on cases. You still got to do a lot of things that, you know what? After all these years, you have the skill sets to do and you want other people to ultimately, wouldn't you agree, possess those same skill sets you have and pass them on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I look, I look forward to, to Monday mornings and, uh, and I know a lot of people that I've met throughout my, my career that, you know, they're cringing on Sunday night because they have to go to work on Monday morning and I welcome it and, uh, keeps you young. Chris, what do you got for Mr. Reed? I got a couple of questions for you, Reed. Hey, Reed, you said you started your own agency in 1986, correct? That is correct. Now that was about 10 years before the mass exodus of people leaving the Provident, Paul Revere, and Unum and going out yep. of their own. So what was it like in 1986 when Provident, Paul Revere, and Unum were still going strong, and here you are, an independent? What was it like back then? Well, it was interesting because, you know, there were a lot of good quality carriers at the time. And when I did go into business for myself, I, of course, kept selling Provident. I started selling Paul Revere. I started selling Springfield Monarch. You know, so all of a sudden you, you've got, you know, you know, three or four great carriers, you know, that are, that are available to you. So it was, it was different back then because I was the early exit strategy and I just found the right opportunity to be, you know, he was my mentor and, uh, and it was just the right opportunity for me to go to work with somebody that was top of the table. Obviously, there's no regrets in having done so, but uh, but it was a little bit uh, a little bit scary because all of a sudden you're you're, you're in a, basically a straight commission type person and it's eat which kill and uh, there were some pretty lean days uh, back then to be honest with you as you might expect but uh, no regrets whatsoever and I'm I'm really glad that I got out from the Provident uh, flagship you know back in back when I did I mean because that was it was a pretty quick exit. Uh, you, you were a step ahead of uh, the rest of us. Hey, Reed, one of the things that you and your organization have done a great job of is in the multi-life market. And I'd like maybe for you to tell us what caused you to really double down on multi-life and, and maybe tell us a little bit about the two guys that I know that you have that are out there marketing uh, very effectively in that space. Well, the it, it's interesting. So the, the two people that you're referencing, Robert Clark out in uh, Southern California and Wes Bryan, who's here in the, in, in, in the same office as I am here in Plano, Texas. Fortunately for me, Wes approached me about, about joining our organization and he wanted to join this organization in the multi-life space, uh, working in the GSI space. And, you know, if the word has underwriting involved in it, he doesn't want any part of it. So he's out there working with employee benefits peeps. And working with, um, um, you know, representatives from, you know, whether it's standard or principal or unum or whomever. 
So he's working a complete different side of the fence. I mean, I always have done a little bit of GSI periodically, but it was kind of like you're wearing multiple hats, you know, and you're flipping it up, you're flipping your hat. All of a sudden you're a GSI specialist when you're not. And, and now that you have people like Robert and Wes that are out there specifically looking for multi-life GSI cases, it's, it's just a whole different animal. And I end up getting all the underwriting cases that I want from both of those guys because they really don't want to work on the fully underwritten stuff. And that's kind of become my specialty, you know, over the years. So it's, it's, it's very intriguing. And it's, uh, there's a lot of satisfaction that comes with watching both of those guys have success, um, in that marketplace because they're doing the right thing. They're a hundred percent all in and, uh, you know, you can't be doing it. Doing it twenty five percent of the time, you got to be all in. So it's it's been very rewarding, and it's um and it's increased our business each and every year. Uh, both great young men. I, I'm reminded Robert Clark, you know, is is one of our favorite people. But I think back to when Robert left corporate America to join your organization. Am I getting the timing <clears throat> right? Two weeks before COVID. Yeah, that's about right. That was uh um it was probably wasn't the best of timing for Robert. You know, and I think that, you know, folks out there in California were even later to come back to work and, and to become normal again. You know, whereas people here, I think, have been a little bit quicker to, to get back into the office. But uh, yeah, bad timing. But, uh, you know, Robert always kept his nose to the grindstone and uh, and now it's paying off for him. That's great. Hey, Reed, let me ask you a question. What excites you most about the DI industry today? You know, you're helping people out. And, you know, and you see from, from claims that happen, uh, you see the unexpected that happens and you can, you know, where that person would be had you not been part of that sales process, whether it's, you know, me coming in and doing, making a joint sale with somebody or, you know, being on the phone with somebody. I mean, it's, you know, where that person would be and where their family would be without doing what's right. And that is, you know, looking at, at income protection solutions. And it's, you know, I, I hate to say it, but but the, some of the claims that I've seen over the years have just absolutely solidified that what I do each and every day is the right thing to be doing. That's awesome. And so let me do a 180 on your read. What's concerns you most about the DI industry today? The carriers, you know, it's, it's taking um, a, a lot longer from a service perspective. Um, insurance carriers are looking at, you know, the, their profitability formulas and, uh, you know, making changes that, you know, I just don't think they, I don't want to say they don't value the relationship with, with people like myself and, and you and, and Mike. It's just that I, I just, they just don't look at the, at the total picture in terms of, you know, what the effect is going to be. So there's just some radical changes that, that take place with the carriers because, um, their stockholders think that that's what's best for the company. And that's, that's frustrating. You know, you build a relationship with people for years and years and years. And, and then all of a sudden they make changes and they don't think it's a big deal, but it, but it is. Mike, you have a final question for Reed before we let him go back to work? No, he had to get up at O Dark 30 this morning, as we used to say in the military, <laughs> and let that darn daylight savings dog out. So I just want to again congratulate Reed on the Harold Peterson Lifetime Achievement. Uh, we do get together on occasion. I can't wait until our next get together because we always have both with he and his wonderful wife, Cindy, just a fantastic time. So, Reed, I'm just looking forward to seeing you face to face again real soon. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. 
Well, I, I great, uh, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to, to be part of this with you guys. I mean, it's, you guys are keeping DI on the, uh, on the forefront and anything that I can do to be part of that, more than happy to do so. So thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Ari.